0: to We All Serve, the podcast featuring leadership lessons from and conversations with those veterans that have served in the United States Armed Forces. Meet your hosts, Robert Lewis, a proud enlisted veteran that served active duty in the United States Marine Corps, and Shalom Klein, who is privileged to be an officer in the United States Army Reserve. They both agree, we all serve.
1: Well, Robert, we're back at it. Episode number seven of We All Serve. How's your week been?
0: Oh man, it's it's been a um, a long week, but a great week. Uh, and it's always good to uh, end my week with my brother uh, doing another episode of We All Serve. And what an episode we have for you today! Uh, you know, um, it's a, another great day, another hot day outside. Uh, You know, last week being the uh, 4th of July weekend. And here we go, man. We're we're moving along uh, with these episodes. Our guest uh, list is uh, getting longer. And uh, and the feedback from our viewers has just been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, And I think we're on we're on to something now, man. What do you think? We
1: are indeed. We are indeed. I actually, uh, I didn't have a chance to tell you this before we went live, but I, I just got a call from uh, somebody in Indiana uh, that uh, that heard about the show, uh, and he had a comment about uh, something from our, our very first guest, uh, Linda Chapalavia. She, uh, she said in the in the interview, I'm sure you recall, uh, she she said about how her only regret is not staying in longer. Yeah. Her only regret. Is not continuing her service, and and we ended up. Uh, I was out for a walk early this morning, and and I got I got an email uh, from this individual who I know a little bit, right? And uh, he said, you know, I, I heard this dot dot dot, and um, and I said, hey, listen, if you're if you're up, I'm up. I'll give you a call. Let's talk about it. We ended up talking for a long time, and what's amazing is it's really inspiring, which is exactly what you and I set out to do was hopefully inspire folks to do a little bit more. Um, bottom line, we all serve, I'm the Army guy, you're, you're the Marine, and uh, by the way, our guest happens to be in the Army, or was in the Army, I should say. Yeah, uh, just, just yeah. say I mean, hey, listen, yet again, yet again, we, we're we proving the leaders, who, who those leaders are. I'm just saying. You
0: know, as I, as I said before, brother, it, it's great to always join you, man, uh, to, for the We All Serve podcast, and you're truly a wonderful guy. You really are, man. I sense a butt coming except along over except here. Except for that one choice you made. And I think we all know what that is. That's joining the Army. But as I say, man, we forgive you. We got your back, man. Just get off of our backs, man. Come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, I We were just talking. I, I actually have to head back out to Fort Leonard Wood, um, where, by the way, uh, are the uh, I'm sure our, our Guest who we're going to introduce in a moment is going to smile because uh you know the as an MP uh, the mps uh engineers and the uh and the chemos as we call them uh we all uh, we all serve side by side and we all train side by side but I have to go back out there for some training which is actually led um and i i, I, I take back everything that I said it is being <laughs> led by marines and, and uh, that's that's you know it's awesome to to uh, to you know serve
0: with our brothers and sisters across across the military because we all serve. We do, and, and and I'll be honest with you, you know we 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 poke at each other all the time about you know which branch we're in, but to be honest, uh, we, we had a, a milestone happen in the military yesterday. Uh, a uh, female, uh, much like our guest today, um, who does a lot of things first let me say. And she's, you know, I, I, she may be the, the second female on the podcast, but she's doing a lot of things first. Um, but we had a, um, a young lady who graduated, uh, from the Green Beret school and actually, um, has moved on to become a Green Beret. Now she wasn't the first one to graduate. Um, uh, a young, uh, captain and then captain Kathleen Wilder graduated, uh, or didn't graduate, but finished the course in 1980. Uh, but at that time, you know, much different time, she couldn't finish uh, to go on to graduate and then actually uh, become trained train with the Green Berets, although they did give her a badge once that was available. Uh, but the young lady now that graduated yesterday will have that opportunity. So, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like things align in the universe, especially when you have someone who is as um, fantastic of a planet with all that they do as our guest today.
1: I have a one word response for you, Robert.
0: What's hoo-ah. We, you know what? I'll even say it for her today. Hoo-ah. I won't say it as enthusiastic as you did, but who? No. uh, So, I, you know, with with uh, with all that being said, I our guest today, Bridget Altenberg, became mm-hmm. her career, begin her career as an engineer officer in the U.S. Army. During her first assignment, she deployed from Hanau, Germany, with 34 soldiers to Bosnia to conduct engineering operations pursuant to and consistent with the Dayton Peace Accords of 1995. She returned to Bosnia the following year and was deployed a third time to Albania to support the air war in Kosovo in 1999. Miss Altenberg earned her bachelor's in Russian and French from the United States Military Academy at West Point. Wow. Very intelligent. And an MBA from Columbia Business School as well in New York. Miss Altenberg's 25-plus-year career includes experience in the nonprofit and for-profit sectors as well as military service. Miss Altenberg came to National Able Network from Chicago Cares where she served as the executive director for almost three years. During her tenure at Chicago Cares she helped revitalize the organization's programs finances and the staff. Prior to her work with Chicago Cares Bridget directed the development marketing and communications for the Academy for Urban School Leadership. Chicago's only teacher training and school turnaround organization which was organized by President Obama as a national model for education reform. Prior to her transition to the nonprofit sector, Bridget worked on the executive staff at Bally Total Fitness uh, to strengthen the company prior to its sale to Harbinger Capital. Bridget Altenberg joined National ABLE Network in September of 2013 as the COO and was appointed president and CEO in April of 2018. She not only served as a captain in the U.S. Army honorably for five plus years, but she continued her service by volunteering and has served in many capacities, such as being a founding board member of Illinois Joining Forces and West Point Women and a member of Senator Tammy Duckworth's nomination board. Also in 2018, she was featured as one of Crane's Chicago business LGBTQ notable executives. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the president and CEO of the National Able Network, my colleague and friend, Miss Bridget Altenberg. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Thank you, Robert. Thank you. Thanks for joining us.
0: You're welcome. You're just
2: nuts, man. Just...
0: <laughs> How are you today?
2: I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for that really over the top uh, welcome. That was very sweet. Thank you.
1: I mean, you know, it was all you. You, you did oh. all those things.
2: Yeah, what. yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it like, it's sort of like reading somebody's OER where you're like, really?
0: right yeah but when you know it's it's true
2: with nobody's help okay
0: (laughs) yeah but it's one thing to say those things but then to know they're true that's a whole different story
2: that's very sweet thank you
0: indeed
1: bridget i I get to ask the first question over here because uh i like i said in the in the in our little banter back and forth over there uh you know mps engineers chemo's we all uh we all train together over at fort leonardwood and and we get along really really well uh in the army i mean just saying in the army um and uh and so bridget you have we just talked a lot about your experience and we're i'm excited to dive in quite a bit deeper over here but can you tell us uh where did you grow up and what was life like as as a uh, as a young child being bridget augenberg <laughs>
2: uh so like a lot of people who end up serving in the military i come from a military family so my dad uh was drafted in the Vietnam War, um, came back, used the GI Bill to go to law school. And he's gonna kill me for saying this, but his grades weren't great. And so he he decided he was having a hard time getting a job. So he's like, I'll just go in the army for a few years, get some experience. That sounds familiar, right? Get some experience and that'll help me get a a job later on. Well, 30 years later, he retired uh, as a JAG officer. Um, And so I served, uh, I moved around every couple of years, um, you know, actually went to started my service in the military moving from Germany so I you know flew over to go to West Point uh, from Germany because uh, we were stationed over there so we bounced around all over uh, Kansas uh, Virginia uh, different parts of Virginia uh, Germany uh, three or different three or four different tours in Germany so yeah we bounced around quite a bit.
0: Wow that's and that's the like that's the typical military family. Uh, trail, you know, um, and you know, for me, what's interesting is uh, you ended up going to some of the most prestigious schools America has to offer. I mean, West Point, for one. Um, I, I just want to know from your travels through and through all the different states, all the different places that you lived, what was the biggest motivator for you at that point to end up going to Columbia in New York?
2: Yeah. Um, so interesting when I was a senior in high school, uh, I knew I was going to use ROTC or West Point or something to go to college just cause there's five of us and, uh, not a whole lot of money to go around. So I knew I had to figure out a way to pay for college on my own. Um, but my dad deployed for desert storm when I was a senior in high school. And when mm. I saw the way that, you know, we were in Germany. So when the division deploys, that there's nobody left. It's not like being part of like Fort Hood or Fort Bragg where division leaves. There's still a lot of people left behind. You're still in an American city. Um, So everyone was gone. And I had classmates who were seniors who were taking care of their younger siblings because mom and dad are both deployed or they were a single parent and they were deployed. Um, And that really, um, it really showed me how a community comes together and how the military is more than just a job. I mean, it sounds so cliche, but it really is about um, taking care of each other in a way that you don't see in other uh in other industries and so that's what inspired me to go to west point when i got out of the service um i i'll be real honest with you i I just wanted to live in a big city and have a good time so i went (laughs) i went to columbia because i wanted to see what it was like living in a big city and and you know Leaving the military as an LGBT person and um, wanting to know what it was like to be to live out and, and proud and be out of the closet. Um, you know, I, I think I had I think Dartmouth was another option. And I was like, no, I'm just going to go live in New York City for a couple of years. So that's why I chose Columbia.
0: That's hilarious, because when I the Marine recruiter. Right. Bridget, when he showed up to my high school, of course, the dress blues had me just bugging. Yep. but then I was like, boot camp is in California. I'm not even thinking about boot camp. I'm like, I need to go see California. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I can relate. I can yeah, relate. It's I can funny boot camp is a lot of California, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right? right.
2: I don't know how the Marines got all the pretty bases and the Army got all the. Well, right. uh, there's nothing wrong with it, but also misery, man. Just it's a pretty
1: Oops. So but a drop of a choppy connection, but yeah, Fort Leonard Wood is a, uh, is I actually learned to uh, learn to love Fort Leonardwood. I spent time in Fort Benning, Fort Leonardwood. Wood. Um, there's some, uh, there's some great, uh, some, some great people. It's, it's, it's a warm, uh, it's a warm place and, and, you know, great training, great, great stuff over there. So, I mean, Bridget getting a little bit uh, deeper into your military story uh, and Robert did a great job of, uh, you know, introducing sort of your bio and some of your experiences in the military, but you spent, you spent time serving overseas. And I'm curious, what was that like? Can you, for some of our listeners, many of our listeners have served, uh, they're looking for inspiration from other service members, but many have not served in the military. Hopefully they're serving in many other ways, uh, by volunteering and contributing to their community and so on. So, enlighten us what was it like to serve overseas and what are some of your biggest lessons from your military service overall
2: um yeah the 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 first deployment so i i came right out of basic and headed right over to bosnia so i i didn't really have i think i had enough time to like get my ta 50 and check in and i think they made me take some german classes or something but like i was in and out and in overseas over in bosnia pretty quickly um, and i'll tell you it was a sh- it was a shock um i don't think i knew what to expect and i think what i learned is that we can really uh learn to live in just about any environment the like just the resilience of the human spirit and um and one of the things i think growing up as an army rat really taught me was just hey look man you can you can get through anything uh that's you know that it's nine months 10 months like you could do that standing on your head. Just deal with it. But um, I was really surprised. We were, you know, I was in a GP medium with ten men who were all my NCOs, all my team leaders and squad leaders. Um, I was the only woman. I was the only one under thirty. Um, and uh, you know, I had two feet on either side of my cot. I changed inside my sleeping bag. Um, and I think, I think it's different now. I think at the time, these sort of long-term deployments were a relatively newer thing uh you know Bo- you know there was a, a gap between desert storm and bosnia where it was sort of like look we're we're not coming in and and, sh- and shooting a war and then going home we're going to come and we're going to do this one year rotation and there wasn't really an emphasis on making uh quality of life choices for service members it was more just like suck it up um and so it was uh it was a shock but it, it taught me a lot of resilience um, it taught me to to trust my instincts um, and it and it's something that when I look back on it, um, I feel like it made me a stronger person.
0: I would have to agree. <laughs> uh, even though I didn't know you previously, I know you're strong and uh, and that it speaks to how you carry yourself and how you lead. So I thank you for your leadership and your service. First of all,
2: I, I will say that um, yes. that that year. Um, it comes back constantly and my wife always laughs about it because she's like, you're going to be sitting on the porch in, in your 80s going, I lived in a temple, temple <laughs> Um, So, you know, if nothing else, I got I got that out of it.
0: No, you know what? But that's, isn't that what it's about? You know, it's about having those moments after it's like, I'm done. And having those moments to talk about what it was. Um, so, you know, like I said, you're you're one of the, the, the persons. I don't want to just say woman. You're a person who I feel it, it, it just leads the way in everything you do. But since we're talking about uh, Shalom and I were talking about the first woman to actually complete the Green Beret training, yeah, and that's actually so cool. be, isn't it? It's yeah. like after all this time, 1983, uh, then. Um, Captain Kathleen, I think her name was Kathleen uh, Wilder. Yeah. She she did it, but she wasn't they didn't allow her to yeah. actually do it, right? So, yeah. look how far we've come. I mean, I don't know if that's really how far we come or wow, look how far we haven't come. But at the same time, to me, I just want to know, okay? You have so many experiences, Bridget uh, you've you've been um a first or part of a a group of folks that were the first at some things now that you've accomplished so much in your career and and in your life how do you always find ways new ways to be a leader and move the forward path in your life in your professional career as well as your life how do you find that
2: i think um I like to think that um it's, it's, by, it's by letting others lead me, like listening to other people, right? I think about uh, four years ago, going to the Ranger graduation for the first women to get through Ranger School, uh, Captain Grice and First Lieutenant Haver, and um, oh my, I'm just getting chills thinking about it. You know, we, all these troops lined up. Nobody could tell which were the men and which were the women because they all had their heads shaved, and cool. there were about 80 women from West Point from the classes of 1980 to the class of 2014 that took TDY took not TDY, but took leave, you know, left their homes. I was there with my, my five-year-old daughter. Um, and, and when we figured out who they were, this, this, this female voice of one just went and, and everyone oh, was like, we've never heard anything that high before. What, what and the right. two of them looked up at us and realize what they had done, that, that these two women who were not trying to be, you know, um, somebody for others to follow, just trying to get through the day, just trying to do what they love and become better leaders, just solely focused on being good leaders for their units and didn't realize how many people they were inspiring as a result. So I think what I see a lot of uh, as, a, as, you know, in my career, in my path, is finding those those people that inspire me, um, and a lot of them are are younger people. I'm finding myself very inspired by this generation today, that yep. are saying things that you know we probably in my generation recognized that things weren't right, but we didn't have the guts to stand up and say that's not okay anymore. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stop this. Um, mm-hmm. So I think for me, how I don't feel like I'm leading so much is I'm looking for other, looking around and seeing people who inspire me and, and wanting to get behind them really more than anything.
0: I told you she's woke, Shalom. <laughs> uh,
1: Bridget, uh, that's a perfect segue. And you, you just talked about being at Fort Benny and, 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 and witnessing that. Uh, I know that you uh, continue to be involved in, in many things beyond just your professional life which I do want to talk about National Label Network. Um, but tell us a little bit about uh, some of your continued involvement in military organizations and uh, anything else that you want to give a shout out to in terms of your volunteerism.
2: Sure. Um, so I've, it, it's one of those things. I, I've, I've been lucky enough to have been involved in a lot of organizations, you know, getting Illinois Joining Forces started up. Um, we have a, a, a group called West Point Women. That we started, I'm going to uh, 10, 15 years ago, maybe. Um, really, as a as a call to action of, you know, when we were at West Point together, we all just tried to be one of the guys, and we didn't really support each other the way we should have. And recognizing that that's not how we should be. We should we should help each other. Um, so West Point Women was another organization. Um, I was really lucky to have been appointed by President Obama on the board of visitors, and that really inspired me. Seeing um, young cadets uh, today, um, meeting Simone Askew and people and Mary Tobin and people that are, you know, really leading the way. Um, and, and it, it inspired me to start getting, working with the admissions field force for West Point with Chicago public schools and trying to get more Chicago public schools to see, uh, West Point as a, as a, a way to get an education and, and to, uh, you know, serve their country. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I feel like, again, uh, I've been inspired by others uh, to follow, you know, to find these different ways uh, to serve my community and, and then, you know, the military community and the veteran community in a lot of different ways.
1: Amazing. Amazing. Perfect. And it's, it's great that you continue to be, uh, that you continue to be involved, that you continue to serve in so many different ways. And uh, one of the many ways, and I I've been fortunate to, to, to witness uh, national Able network from a distance. Um, I have been involved here in Chicago in beginning really 2009, 2010, in uh, creating a number of different organizations dedicated to business, jobs, entrepreneurship. And I've gotten to know uh, many that have been impacted as well as many on your team. Uh, So uh, actually, I think before perhaps was your team. (laughs) But uh, Bridget, tell us how that path, everything that you've shared with us uh, over the past half hour or so, uh, in the conversation on We All Serve, how that has all led you to National Able Network and, and really what you do?
2: Yeah, uh, I would say, like, uh, like, I think a lot of people, you sort of talked about, like, why we joined the military. And and it's, I don't think anyone's ever like, oh, I love my country. Really? You know, it that's part of it. Like, that is part yeah. of it. But sometimes yeah. it's just like, Hey, I really wanted to go to California. Or I, I have four brothers and sisters, and I was sick of living in a sitting in a bunk bed. And I wanted to, to go. Um, I think what my path has been. You know, I went to business school. I worked in the corporate sector for a while, and I I just missed feeling like my job was um, more than just selling another gym membership. Um, and and I I missed that piece of feeling like us together are doing something important. You know, I mean, when we were in Bosnia, we were building roads and bridges so people could vote for the first time. Like, you you can't, it's hard to find that kind of passion, that kind of mission. Um, And I was lucky to um, learn about this organization, Academy for Urban School Leadership, which was a nonprofit. It was, had a lot of um, success uh, and it was in a point where it needed to grow. And so the funders were saying, look, you got all these great educators, you need some business people to get you to the next level. And so I was sort of the first group of business people that came to AUSL to really kind of put those business practices in place. Um, and, and that was my, that's how I got into the nonprofit world and, and had a chance to lead another nonprofit um, that did a volunteer event at National Able Network um, and that's how I found out about national label network. It's when we organization that's so under the radar, people don't know about it, yeah. but there's so many organizations like it that don't have the, the, you know, the name recognition or, you know, uh, the, the, the people doing Ted talks, but, um, are just quietly doing really good work. Um, and so national label network, we, we help, uh, people get back to work. Um, so whether you're a veteran or a senior or, You know somebody who's been laid off what we do is sit down and try to figure out what are your barriers to employment in some cases you know people just haven't been in job search for a while so they don't know how job search has changed they don't know how to get a resume through an applicant tracking system in other cases um they may be in an industry that isn't growing and so they need to go back to school and reskill and figure out how to get get back uh into the mark into the job market that way um but it's it's such an inspiring thing because you know, what's what's more important than helping people get back to work? Um, and, you know, I, I'd say probably education is really up there, too. But uh, every day I come to work with a group of people that are passionate about what they do. And I'm I'm really happy to be here and excited to to see what happens next.
0: Wow. And and the staff over there, Shalom, and as you may know, are all highly motivated. Uh, and the enthusiasm she speaks of them with is real. Um, of my colleagues as well but i can tell you shalom the first time i met bridget in person i don't know if she remembers we had been exchanging emails and then one day it was just like come on just she was like just come come see me so we went to the starbucks like across the street it was raining that day so i didn't have an umbrella but i had like a pad and a pen I'm, i'm i'm literally running across the street trying to dodge the rain i'm like i gotta meet bridget i gotta meet bridget And when i tell you i got in there and i'm like man my pad was a little wet i didn't have a business card she sat down and just put me at ease shalom like it's okay tell me what's going on (laughs) it was it was the coolest meeting i had seriously (laughs) but uh that aside i want to thank you for that too bridget you know you always you're a cool head as well (laughs) um but you know what as a leading force and you are a leading force in chicago's veterans and business space (laughs) Best to know that, everyone in Chicago, National Able Network is a force, and Bridget is the lead. Um, I'm saying that for a reason, Bridget, but you're also a notable advocate uh, for the LGBTQ community, okay? And my question to you is, what is your hope in the future for diversity, inclusion, and, of course, equality? And how do you think that should look going forward?
2: Yeah, that's that's a great, it's a great question. Um, I've been on a bit of a journey myself for the last couple of years as a CEO to figure out. You know, it's it's one thing when you're a part of an organization and and you and you really value diversity, inclusion, and equity. It's another thing when you're trying to take an organization on a on a on a path on a on a journey together. Um, so one of the first things I did with my team is I had everyone. Uh, take an assessment to see where they were in terms of understanding how to be cross-culturally agile. How do we, you know, because they say diverse teams are better than non-diverse teams, and that's actually not true. It's diverse teams managed well are better than non-diverse teams. So if you have a group of managers that don't recognize um, the beauty of the different people on their team and what they contribute to the mission, you're really doing yourself and your team a disservice. And so we started on this path a couple of years ago, um, and have really taken the lead on a lot of these, a lot of the equity issues, um, and I'm really trying to to figure out how do we not just improve as an organization, but how do we improve improve the whole workforce system? Right? Job search is such a subjective thing, and it's so easy to uh, put somebody in a no pile without even realizing why you're doing it right? Like I've had people, I've had employers that say, well, you know, they're from the South side, so they're going to, they're not going to be able to get to the operations if one of the servers goes out. And I'm just like, you can't make that call. That is not you to make that call. Um, But, you know, trying to figure out how to not just fix what we do and make our team better, but how do we get the employers to get behind it too? And to recognize, um, the things that they don't see as bias, the things that they don't th- see as discrimination, as what they are. And and to really be wholehearted in um, moving the needle to make the, the playing field level, because it's definitely not level. Uh, we see this all the time. I mean, the unemployment rate on the south side of Chicago has never been under 10 percent. We're talking about 11 percent unemployment in the country right now. Think about that.
0: Wow. South side
2: unemployment has never been under 10 percent. And there's yep. a reason for that. The systemic racism that exists in our country that, you know, caused this wealth gap because black people were left out of the largest expansion of wealth in the history of mankind. And to think that, you know, if we, if we take a couple of diversity classes, that's going to make a difference. It's not. And we have to really figure out how to break down uh, the structural racism that is keeping us from being our best. And and, that, and that's, it's a hard task because, you know, we're not talking about just changing you know, the 120 people that work at National Label Network, we're really talking about changing everything we do in this workforce system so that, you know, the employers we work with are, are on the same page.
0: And I will follow that up. I don't know if you've seen this, Bridget, but if you if you haven't, it's a great watch. 13th on uh, yes. on yes. Netflix. For all of our listeners, if you want to know uh, all of the intricate details of how the system has worked, to oppress a class of people uh, in, a, in this country. It's a great country. We know our country is great, uh, but we also are flawed. Uh, 13th will show you in great detail from the inception, even back to slavery and beforehand, how things worked. So Bridget, brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that answer.
1: Yeah. And, and Bridget, um, I want to highlight the word national uh, of the, uh, organizations named national label network. And it goes without saying that right now, as we're, as we're recording this, we're in July of 2020. And, you know, as you just said, unemployment is, is too high in general, way too high in, in underserved communities. We all need to dedicate ourselves to these efforts. And I know that your team of professionals, dedicated team of professionals are, are working long hours, uh, as, as, uh, socially or as physically, as I like to refer to it, physically distant uh, to to maintain obviously safety and health. Um, but uh, you are doing this, we are all Chicagoans, we all love Chicago, um, but your impact is being felt in many states. And yes. uh, can you tell us a little bit about that and tell us uh, what uh, just, I, I don't want, th- this show is meant to be uh, timeless, uh, but tell us about the impact of your team right now as we're talking
0: take your time yeah
2: Yeah. (laughs) it's it's been crazy um uh you know i think Mm -hmm. late february is when we 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 were it's interesting because i was in dc the last week of february i was Mm -hmm. meeting with uh congressional staff about you know appropriation stuff and um and we didn't even banter about covid you know we didn't i think we talked about the world series can't remember, but like we, weather probably was really hot. Well, we didn't wait, even know sure about
1: what the World Series? I, I don't know what you were referring to. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. exactly. It's exactly right. You're exactly well, right about that. Well. Um, and so uh, what triggered uh, my team's response to the, this pandemic that we're all living through was um, one of my directors shot me an email on a Thursday night. I was, you know, flying back from traveling it was 10 o'clock at night i saw this email you know, like oh god i'll just respond to that tomorrow and it was about covid and he said you know we should really start thinking about how we would respond to that and i think again it goes to the lesson of leaders listening to other people and being willing to listen to other people that in this case he knew exactly that we weren't we weren't where we wanted to be and so we spent the next two weeks planning for our team to work virtually Making sure that we, you know, had always had a pretty good investment in, in infrastructure. We were in the cloud, but putting all of our training online and making it available to anybody, um, being able to enroll new people into our program uh, just via uh, you know online access. Um, making sure that our coaches had the tools to to reach out to their clients and interact with them um, as soon as we we had to you know shift to virtual. Um, so it's uh, you know it's been it's been a crazy few months, and I'm incredibly proud of the job that our our coaches have done. Um, particularly, we work with a lot of seniors. A lot of our veterans are are in their you know uh, are, are you know getting on in years and and are very isolated. Eighty percent of our seniors don't have access to the internet, so the only interaction that they have is that career coach calling them once a week. How you doing? Do you need food? Do you need medicine? What's going on with you? Um, and so it's not just about, you know, the career, the job search and the resume and, and, you know, connecting them to employers. It's just about being human, um, and helping them through this crisis together. So I, I could not be prouder of what my team has done over the last three months, um, making sure that we're keeping people safe, um, and that we're continuing to serve you know, serve them even while we're not physically together.
0: Amazing. So, you know, with everything we are talking about, COVID-19, you know, uh, protesting that uh, has been going on, George Floyd and and all the uh, circumstances around how that's changing the world. Mm -hmm. You know, if we're going to talk about from Bridget's perspective, how are you going to change the world in your future moving forward? Because I already know you've done that up until this point, but if you had a dream and you'd like to see that dream come true, what would that be?
2: Uh, My dream would be uh, leveling the playing field on employment and making sure everyone had a a fair shot um, at, uh, at, you know, employment and that these arbitrary barriers that um, employers hold on to uh, just you know, just disintegrate overnight. Um, what's next for me is is trying to figure out how to uh, take what we've been inspired by in the last couple of months and turn it into action. You know, it's not enough to turn Juneteenth into a holiday. That's great. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's certainly a lot better than Columbus Day. You know, but it's it's got to be more than that. It's got to be deliberate actions that are really going to change uh, change people's lives um, for the better and not just, you know, forget about it. You know, it's sort of like pride month, right? Like everyone yeah. forgets about rainbow flags on July 1st. We can't do that. We can't do that this time. And I'm, I'm hopeful that we won't because my God, I, there were protests all over the world. Um, and I don't think I ever saw so many people, uh of different races coming together for the first time and that's what i told my team you know i struggled to figure out the right words and and i think as a leader you you have to just be authentic and i you know when you see what happened to george floyd it's hard to have hope yeah Um, but when you see how people are coming together and how i mean i people you know that i I, I respect that are that are saying things that I'm just like I'm so proud of you. <laughs> you're you're willing to listen. You're willing to listen for the first time, um, and I, that does give me hope. But we can't lose this moment. We can't lose this moment. We have to turn all of this hope and all of this inspiration into action, that is going to finally put the, you know, the original sin uh, that this country was founded on uh, into the, into the history books and, and, and leave it behind us for forever. Um, and it's, that's going to take a lot of work and it's going to take a lot of work that isn't about, you know, uh, trappings and, and, and facades. It's going to be a lot more than that.
1: Well, Bridget with, uh, wow. folks, you in leadership roles, and, uh, I have a feeling the story will continue to be written and your goals will, uh, will uh, will certainly become closer to fruition. Whether we can, uh, whether we can get to 100%, that uh, that 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 is certainly an aspirational goal, but it's one that we all that we all can can commit to. Yes. Uh, everybody listening, uh, and and certainly uh, everybody out there uh, should commit to uh, creating a more inclusive. Uh, a more accepting and again it really goes to what this show is all about we all serve and it is about we serving if everybody can commit to that same service uh like our guest uh the amazing yeah. bridget Altberg, uh yeah. then uh, then this world would be a much better place bridget uh thank you so so much for uh for joining us can you share uh the website for the national Able network because i know that your work is so timely and so critical for so many that are tuning in sure yeah.
2: It's just nationalable.org. N-a-t-i-o-n-a-l-a-b-l-e.org. Um, you can connect to a career coach. You can take all of our training is now online. It's all free. Um, wow. But if you just if you just haven't been in job search in a while and you're like I don't know how to make a resume or whatever it is you need related to job search, all of that content is on there for free, and we hope that you'll uh, you'll take advantage of it.
0: Wow. And I I just want to say to you, Bridget, my friend, thank you for mentioning the South Side. It is so rare that you hear people who are really out here doing the work on the front lines mention those areas. So, you know, and it's usually a cliche when they do, but you knew the statistics. And so um, thank you for that. And thank you for everything that you're doing and awesomely Absolutely. Thank you for joining us on the We All Serve podcast.
2: Thanks to both of you for doing this. This is a really wonderful thing that you're doing to really highlight what uh, what we all you know hold dear. So thank you again.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. And uh, you can always uh, get on uh, subscribe to the We All Serve podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google wherever you find your favorite podcast, make sure you click subscribe because we have an awesome lineup of guests coming up. Additionally, uh, you can get on YouTube, just search for we all serve. Um, We've had a fantastic lineup and you get to see uh, Robert Lewis's reactions as uh, we do that intro. When we talk about the army and how so many of our guests have (laughs) served in the army, there's no replacement for the facial reaction. So I highly recommend check out the YouTube pages, check out the videos. Yep. It, it's, it's worth it. it. It really is worth it. Well, uh, Robert, my brother, my friend, uh, we my all brother. serve. Thank you can't wait to see you again on the next episode. And again, thank you, Bridget, for joining us. Thank you, Bridget. Thank you and me. Thank you,
0: everyone.